This is Amstigator, a podcast founded on purpose, but focused on the path to get there. Experience is the best teacher, right? And in this season of Amstigator, we're going all in on female perspective of women and wisdom as we answer one specific question. What's the lesson here? You'll hear from my best girlfriends and favorite female collaborators as we share deeply about what we're here to learn and teach as we guide other women to purpose. From the moment I started planning out Amstigator in the summer 2021, the goal was always to create a platform to have more conversations like the one you're about to hear. And I was tired of taking these amazing conversations with incredible people and whittling them down to like three sound bites. Three is not enough. You can't understand a person. You can't feel them at their greatest depths. So in this conversation, you're going to feel what Amstigator was always meant to be all along as you meet my friend, Alyssa Rosenheck. She's an interiors and architecture photographer. Her work's been in over 900 magazine features. She's a leader in her field. And a couple of years ago, she put out this gorgeous book called The New Southern Style. And it features her photography, but also a ton of writing about how we can all have creative courage. The message really resonated with people and became a bestseller. And now, two years later, she still speaks at length on this topic. But the thing I love about Alyssa is her high, high level of evolution, which we talk about in this episode. She was a total workaholic until a cancer diagnosis at age 32 that completely changed her life, as you would expect, right? She shares in this episode how she picked up a camera as part of her healing. She was not professionally trained. This is how it happened for her. And now eight years later, she's created this entirely new, incredibly successful career. Alyssa's really living in this whole lesson of non-attachment right now. And in a way, I feel like she's been there for eight years. It's the kind of lesson that could drown you if you let it. And she talks about what's being taken away from her, just even in this very moment, and how she's working through that. She also describes how she uses meditation and visualization to help you understand not only how powerful it is, but also how you can use it in your life. And we laugh a lot in this episode. We share deeply. And later, she even hints at a new project that she's spending time working on right now. So she drops a few breadcrumbs here, but still plays it pretty close to the vest. Alyssa is deeply spiritual and discerning. And when you're with her, you realize she sees people clearly. Like, that's her superpower. And it's not a sensory thing. She uses her heart to see. And I could see that being uncomfortable for some people because she knows how to explore shadows, both in herself and in others. And it doesn't scare her. I have no doubt that you're going to learn something in this next hour that you can apply in your own life. Lots of takeaways here, lots of wisdom-filled quotes that you'll want to write down. So I'm excited to share this latest episode of Amstigator. Here's Alyssa Rosenheck with the lesson, How to Trust, Allow, and Let Go. This is a podcast about self-evolution, mm-hmm. about who we become through the things that we go through. Mm-hmm. And when I think of you, I think evolution. I think of an evolved person who I've not even known you that long, but I feel like you probably came out of the womb like 42 <laughs> and you progressed 42 and on. Does that feel true for you or is that just me? I feel like I've always been an old soul, but yeah. like a curious one and a playful one. And... Um, I've always 
walked on my own with my own beat, if that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. So that's really where I want to start is the evolution of you, of Alyssa Rosenheck. Like you are here in this moment because of past experience. Mm -hmm. When I ask you about self-evolution, what does that make you think of? And how do you think you've become the person you are in this very moment? Well, there's so many areas we can go, but I, I feel like self-evolution, our experiences are building blocks, right? I don't really love to live in the building blocks of it in the past because I never want the past to dictate my choices in the present. I really want to understand the lessons. I want to really take stock in, you know, some of the pain and yeah. feel it and experience both sides of it. As a photographer and a writer, I really value both the light and the shadows. Hmm. And I really like to show up and as my full intuitive self yeah. in the moment and and make healthy choices from that. Was that a process forward. though? Because yeah, it, it, it sounds was. so, ev- again, so evolved how you're saying it. It was. I feel like we're living in this time right now where everybody is really tethered to their like dark night of the soul story, you know, mm. and that, and I feel like when we live in that space, yeah. sometimes we don't evolve past that space. Yeah. And the thing that's so beautiful that I'm living in right now, we get to redefine who we are as many times as we want. And that's the beauty. And that's, it takes courage. It takes bravery. And it, and it you have to have some self-awareness in terms of where you've been, how you want to show up, and the change that you you want to be making for yourself, for your family, and for your community. Yeah, I think that's so important. I, it's interesting that you even bring that up as like being a prisoner to your story. Yeah. I, I feel like there's so little awareness for a lot of people about like, oh, I, this doesn't have to be mine anymore. Like I can, I can, I can release it. This. I can release it. I can surrender it. And I yeah. think when you loosen that grip, you call in for so much more growth and evolution and beauty. And I've had teachers in my life, painful teachers Mm -hmm. in my life. Um, I grew up having some emotional uh, abuse throughout my childhood home. Um, There was financial insecurity. There was, there just was a lot of substance abuse with a caretaker, you know, and I have spent some time, I talk a lot about it in my book, and I'm past that. However, I've seen how my father living in those stories, he never grew past it. And mm. I, it's always nice when you have an observer role and you yeah. understand the mistakes somebody else is making so you don't yeah. have to live through them. And I, I identify it. I can see it quickly and I you know, can meet somebody with where they are. But if they're not willing to grow and heal past that pain, Mm. there's not much more you can do except for leave the door kind of cracked, have a healthy boundary, and then move past it and not incorporate it in your own life. This is an interesting conversation to me because I do feel (laughs) like... Also not expecting to go down that path. (laughs) But here we are. (laughs) Here we are, right? Like there's no expectation, right? Have an experience, not an expectation. No, I've I've been an observer with a lot of um, people who've made crazy mistake, you know, crazy life choices. Do you find yourself going, what are you doing? Or no, "Hmm." it's more, I'm like, can we curse on this podcast? (laughs) I'm like, what 
<laughs> no, but I, I'm like, that's an interesting choice. <laughs> <laughs> that was that it. was an interesting path. <laughs> I feel like too, you know, story story is everything, right? Like my whole foundation as um like in my career is on stories and mm-hmm. I think we as humans developed and evolved on stories, right? Mm-hmm. Before we ever even wrote things down, mm-hmm. we were expressing thing, things through spoken word. Mm-hmm. Well, through pictures. Well, in survival. And through spoken I think word. it's survival and story and community and you have to have a balance between all of those. Yeah. Yeah. So and it's not be a savage. There's so, <laughs> there's so many entrepreneurs that like struggle, I think, with finding their story, mm-hmm. grabbing their story. Mm-hmm. But then I don't think you have to find the story, though. <laughs> I think you have to live. I think that you have to be curious. I think that you have to put one foot in front of the other. I'm a big believer in work, build, create. It's really simple. Work build, create. And whatever that is for you, family, work, build, create your family, work, build, create your community, work, yeah. build, create your passion. You have to really lean into that and not manufacture some story. You have to yeah. live. Yeah. Hmm. You have because, to live rather than produce it. Because the story is often the past. I, I like where you're going with this. This yeah. is good because you have to evolve <laughs> past it. You have to yeah. go past it. Um, let's talk about your photography. Obviously, you're just such an accomplished photographer, but mm-hmm. I love this the ev- the evolution there, like the origin story of how you got into it. Because you were not, you were not a photographer. You were a woman who was like killing yourself mm-hmm. in the amount of work that you were doing. Mm-hmm. I mean, you were going over the top in your career, mm-hmm. and to the point that it got made you very, very sick. Mm-hmm. My past is counterintuitive to where I am today. I spent uh, a little over a decade in the corporate world working for two Fortune 100 companies. And um, I was chasing these arbitrary levels of success. I was motivated by fear. I was making 99% of my choices from that place. And photography for me was this, I want to say it was a happy accident. I was diagnosed with cancer in 2014, and that was one of my greatest teachers. It taught me stillness. Mm. It taught me to go inward. It taught me to um, release every notion I had up until that point, release the toxic relationships, release the work that was not serving me. And it was a process, and it was a challenging season. However, I started to listen to what my heart space was saying rather than my head. And it kept nudging me to pick up a camera. That's so and amazing to me. It was. It, what, did, what did it feel like? Like, give me the body sensations. You see a camera. Do you have a, a, a reaction? What was it? Of course. I am a highly sensitive <laughs> human being to my physical environment. And I'm very intuitive. And for the first time, it. It felt like peace. It felt like I was able to lower my shoulders. Mm. It felt like I was unclenching my jaw. It felt like a form of prayer. It made me come alive inside. It was reconnecting me to my more feminine parts because I was leading so much in my masculine. And it, I always, during that time, it, I am confident to say that it was my companion to healing and Western medicine physically saved my body, but creativity saved my life. Photography Mm -hmm. saved my life. And it gave me a really great perspective in terms of allowing myself to 
embrace the shadows of my past and the way I grew up to intensify my light, to show me my range and depth, and to understand that when I'm constantly looking for light through my lens, I'm able to see it in other areas of my life too that aren't affiliated with photography. Isn't it interesting how things can look different? And I'm just talking about the fit, like the sensation of sight. Like things look different when you're just looking with your eyes and then when you look through a camera lens. You see things totally differently. I'll, I'll challenge this. Okay. After eight years of having my own business in the photography, in my niche, which is interiors and architectural photography, and having been in spaces just and meeting incredible humans, I have taught my heart to see before I judge with my eyes. Hmm. And that's what photography, I get emotional. That's what <laughs> photography has been for me. I love that. Mm-hmm. I just know sometimes, I mean, even on the simplest level, when I can't make it, let me take, let me tell you how simple this can be. <laughs> when I can't make a decision on what to wear, mm-hmm. what I find myself doing is I say, well, take a, just take a quick picture. And when I can look at it as a picture, yeah. I'm telling you, it's crazy. And I mean, I work in front, I work in front of the camera, right? right? I work in front of the camera for a living. And so the way things look, when you can just, for me, it's an exercise of like, take out all the noise. And the noise is yeah. everything that's past that, that 16 by nine square or whatever. Right. Or that's not a square, 16 by nine shape, right? Yep. Everything outside of that is noise. But if I can see just right, like, what does the camera see? Almost to me, the camera operates without judgment. And so then I can see it. Do you think I opposite? I kind of disagree. Oh, okay. I love it. I love this. <laughs> Tell me more. Um, first, I want you to have a capsule wardrobe. <laughs> a capsule wardrobe. Tell yeah. me more. No, I think that you need to have clothes that make you feel like really, oh, no, that really was just, alive. I know. Like if I'm in a, I know. If I'm in a dressing room, which I, know. I very rarely go shopping, but, let's be clear. But you have such a brilliant mind, less time on picking out what you want to wear and Agreed. more time in putting it into like the things that are going to be giving back to you, number one. Um, in my world with photography, my lens identifies holes. So I can walk into a space and I know the lens is going to identify holes in a space. Um, And when I mean holes, it's where your eye is visually landing in one area of the room that's missing a layer. And uh, in the world I live in, uh, I style a space, Mm -hmm. I photograph a space, and uh, I help um, build women-owned businesses with the marketing I do around the collaborations we have. So I use layers to... uh, Invite your eye to move organically around a space. So I look at the lens and I'm like, okay, when I'm in a space, it identifies holes. If I'm in a community or a group or on the street and I'm just using my camera for my own passion, um, it is not only capturing, you know, a moment in time or helping you decide what I know it sounds like I really don't do it a lot. I really don't because everything in my wardrobe is there. Like I have to love it or it's not there. No, but but it makes sense. Visually, it can make sense. It 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 puts um, it's the whole puzzle piece for you to identify what's making sense and what's not making sense. Uh, I do think an image, it's a universal language, visual language that can yield emotion. It's a powerful tool and it can attract. I look at photography more as a magnet 
in terms of what you're wanting it to attract. Mm. Mm-hmm. So do you think of emotion in image? Mm-hmm. Are you thinking of... Cause I, like some, a lot of people think that an image is just there to capture a still moment in time. And that is great for sure. However, I think that there's a universal power attached to it. I think there is a universal visual language attached to it where it does yield emotion and it is recognized by the heart and it is magnetic and it can attract aligned clients. It can attract the right partnerships. It can attract nourishing teammates. It is, it's a powerful tool. You know, if you, if you, if you allow it, if you yield the attention around it. And if it, if you imbue it with that power, I, yeah. I feel like there's a mindfulness into it. Exactly. And that's exactly where I wanted to go with that because I, I feel like, um, I look at it in terms of think of where I've been. I am an untrained photographer. I'm a self-taught photographer. I entered into a niche where there was it was antiquated when I came into it eight years ago. And probably male dominated? Very male dominated. Um, there were not really hardly any women interior and architectural photographers. And I knew having had my entrepreneurial background and being this fresh set of eyes, I wanted to innovate a new path in the industry. And so what helped separate me is I was focusing on a part of the industry that nobody was focusing on at the time. However, photography, back to your point, it's planting seeds in terms of where you're wanting to go. It's visualizing what you want, a vision that's so much greater than yourself. Mm. And following it up daily with choices, but for me, visuals in planting those seeds in the impact I want to make in the world and how I want to drive humanity forward in my community. Yeah. So it's mindfulness. Yeah, it's mindfulness. Totally. And this is something that I'm so, gosh, I'm so passionate about because I, for myself, have dropped nuggets everywhere throughout my life and my day that remind me to come back. You do that well. And, and you know where I do it? And this is going to come back. This is so funny how we're on an adornment uh, <laughs> wavelength here today. I'm talking <laughs> about because I'm about to talk about my jewelry. Literally everything that I wear, every ring I wear, every bracelet I wear, everything I wear is on purpose. It's not mm-hmm. because I'm like, oh, I think this is pretty. Mm-hmm. I'm just going to wear Same. it. It is this this where's the what is what does the bracelet mean to you? This one is after my hospitalization. I don't I don't take it off. This yeah. these are um, Arabic uh, jasper beads that are mm-hmm. for healing my sacral chakra. Like mm-hmm. let's heal all of the problems that mm-hmm. happened in my stomach from my hospitalization. Mm-hmm. So I look at this and it represents not only healing and wholeness, but it also represents um, that that time mm-hmm. that time. So it's for me. Don't forget. Don't forget that that woman who yeah. laid in that hospital bed. Um, you know, this bracelet represents, uh, my dad gave this to me. Um, I'm going to cry. and talk about all of these. Anyway, I'm going to stop. <laughs> Beautiful things. These are, um, my rings represent the energies that I want to embody each day. You these know? are moments that root you. Totally. And, and so that's we what mindfulness need, is. We need moments that root us. We need moments that bring us back into home, you know, within ourselves. We need we need those moments. What do you use as that? It can't just be your camera. It's got to be other things no. that happen too, right? Other tools you use? I like inner stillness. If I am outside myself and I am spiraling, we all have that. Oh, totally. We are human. No one is perfect. We have very human experiences. 
and life is coming at us at a million miles per yeah. hour. Um, I root myself in grounding exercises and I can spiral quickly yeah. and I am fierce in the way I live my life. Yeah. And I don't always, that energy is not always productive for me. And so I really have to tether myself to my moment. Mm -hmm. I have to recognize through my senses, my physical body feeling senses, what is around me. Yeah. And then I have to return home within myself and go back to my peace, my stillness. Mm -hmm. And the world can be spiraling out of control around me. But as long as I'm internally still, I am my most powerful, in tuned, human, creative self, yeah. receptive to hear my gifts. Yeah. And that is the most important thing for me. I, When I hear you say that, I get the picture of an arrow. I think of an arrow. Um because I feel like when when any person, when a person cultivates stillness and silence yeah. and spend time in meditation, doing, quote unquote, nothing, yeah, making something out of nothing, coming inside, doing, going still, that time spent ends up really helping you focus and be a laser, yeah. be an arrow into what it is with it major intensity. It helps you intensity. listen. I feel like if most of us went through our life listening more than we spoke, we would have less issues and we would be able to connect more. And I was really fortunate with my mother growing up. She is highly intuitive and she would always instill visualizations with me. Alyssa, visualize a white light around you, oh, wow. you know, and to protect you if you feel unsettled, mm. return home to yourself. She really had that language with me wow. as a young girl growing up. And that was a gift. Wow. And I think her mother taught her that and her her grandmother oh, taught her that. Wow. And it's within that lineage that has helped root me as well, mm. that history. You Just hearing you explain <laughs> some of like when you get disconnected, you use some of the same words that I do. Like I say, like I get airy AF. Like I just feel so <laughs> untethered. And the way I see it is like I feel like a balloon sometimes is just like floating. And I realize when I start feeling like, I'm just floating away, not in a good way, like yeah. floating away as in like someone yeah. grabbed the string of this balloon. I find that I have to come within myself. Yeah. But more than anything, I have to just go outside. I have to literally touch, to touch nature. I have to touch a tree. I have to, my feet need to touch grass because it's like the physical rude back down, <laughs> come back down to earth. <laughs> Yeah, for sure. Do you ever, are you someone who needs nature or is it just One million percent. Ill, okay. I'm a big believer in energy. Uh, I also believe that we are responsible for our own energy. And I prioritize whether I feel alive or depleted. I understand that very well with my body. Um, I don't, are you into human design at all? Yeah. What are you? <laughs> I'm a generator. I'm a manifester. Okay. Mm -hmm. So tell me a little bit about manifestors. Oh, God. <laughs> well, we're one of not many, like yeah. less than 10% of the population. Um, we Everything is a gut instinct, and it's mm -hmm. what's called splenic authority. Sacral so it's like authority. Oh, sacral authority. But it goes right yeah. there, like So immediate. it's like an immediate yes or no. It's like you could feel it. Like, yeah. do you respond? I respond better if you present a yes or no question to me. Hey, Alyssa, do you want Mexican food at night or Italian food at night? Like I immediately know. But if you give me an open-ended question, I'm like, oh, I have decision fatigue. You oh, know? do you really? Yeah. Um, and 
as generators, I think we're like 37, 40% of the population. But if I feel alive inside, if I am passionate, I can, I am a workhorse. I can yeah. go all day morning, night. night until I like complete that passion filled. Yeah. I am alive. I am joyful. Like I am highly devoted and focused. As soon as I lose interest, I'm like, we're out. I'm delegating <laughs> <Bye>. that. <laughs> we're done. Yeah. Part of the work I'm having to do right now personally is understanding that when my heart's no longer in it, mm-hmm. just stop. Just go. Because yeah. like, I'm someone who's so freaking intense that I'll just push my way through things I don't even really enjoy. So I'm having to. You need to really listen. Yeah. I because need to bring that awareness can, to that and just stop. That will create so much resistance if yeah. you're not in alignment with what you need to be doing. Totally right. Yeah. Um, are you think you're ready to talk about the lesson? You want to talk about lessons? <laughs> I'm like, what else do we want to talk I about? I know, I know. So like, I like to title these episodes based on the lesson you feel like you need to teach. Um, mm. So it's open-ended. Uh, this season is all about lessons, right? I'm only talking to women about life lessons because yeah. I feel like you know, in the same way that you were saying, I got to learn. I got to see other people's mistakes. I got to learn yeah. from those. Yeah. Um, what lesson are you either consistently learning over and over again? Or is there something you're learning in real time right now that's coming up for you today? So much of this, yes, we have life is speaking to us every day and it's up to us to listen. Currently, I am going through something where it's affecting my physical environment right now, and it's fully out of my control. So rather than focusing on what you cannot control, it's really important to shift that energy and focus on what you can create. And that's where I am. Also, I'm into really releasing attachments. Mm. I am really trying to um, understand and go deeper into what I need to be releasing, Hmm. um, what I need to be calling in within myself, how I need to be finding those things that I need to be releasing within myself. And that's it. Yeah. And just showing up. I also, we live in this like self-help, you know, and I am perfectly whole how I am. And I am allowed to experience all of my my feelings. And I feel like for so long, um, I have strong, I have a strong dichotomy on both ends. And it's really important for me to not ignore the shadows mm. just to get to the light Yeah, and vice versa. Life not won't to, allow you to do that. No, Life won't allow you no. to just so ignore the bad it's, parts. It's really embracing all the parts. It's releasing the things that I can't control, focusing on what I can create from a whole nourished, service-driven mm path. Yeah. And moving forward in that every day. I'm hearing non-attachment. I'm hearing allowing. Mm-hmm. I'm hearing just, uh, just allowing, just allowing yeah. what needs to be to be. And listening, um, really yeah. listening. And also part of my journey is um, being discerning. Mm. I am loving where I am in this stage of my life. I don't need more. I'm pouring into what I have. And I'm discerning in terms of who I'm around and what I'm focusing on and the projects I'm taking on in my creative pursuits because I really want to leave behind a creative legacy mm-hmm. that future generations can step into. I love that. Um, 
I want to back up into we need to go deeper in the lesson. <laughs> let's go deeper in the lesson. Okay. Let's start with let's start with non-attachment. And and I want to break it down uh let's break down physically and spiritually, okay? So okay. what is non-attachment physically for you right now in this lesson? It right now, currently. Mm-hmm. Uh right now, specifically we are living in a city where there's a tremendous amount of growth. It's yeah. happening right next to us. And I am uh, really driven by justice and the people. <laughs> uh, I love where is this going. I, love I it. am your local lunatic. Um, I am <laughs> really driven by justice. So I, I have this inner cadence where I'm like, okay, this doesn't, this feels really off. What's going on? I'm like, oh, this is this is ego or greed or what's happening, and it's happening next door to us. Mm. And so, there is something where uh, the house coming up next to us has eliminated fully our light downstairs, and I live for my light. Yeah, you know, because you fizzle. shoot in your house. I shoot in my house. I work from home. I write in one of my favorite areas. I talk about it in my first book, and. It is now gone, mm. and so because there's it, not because even shadow, it's just there's it's a just complete a full blocking of structure, the light. and that has been there's been a more I've allowed myself to mourn that as mm. silly as it is. No, but that's like part of your that's you're an artist in yeah. this, so that's part of that's your muse almost. It is. The light source is it your is. muse. So I've allowed myself to mourn it. I've also allowed myself to be aware enough that there's a lesson there, mm. and. That light never goes away because it's within me. It's within you. And so that has been a constant mantra and reminder. Mm. The light lives within you, nowhere else. And you get to you get to exercise it. Hmm. Yeah. I just love you so much. No, but it's really back to it. It's really releasing. Yeah. It's it's focusing on less on what we don't, we can't control and really shifting that energy and calling in what we can create. And that is my saving grace. And that is, that is creativity for me has been a healer. Well, what I, what I'm hearing is what started almost as a physical lesson has become a spiritual lesson. Always. Right. And and that's always how it works, right? (laughs) Life is always speaking to you. We have to listen and we have to uh, be open enough to explore the teachings. Right. Right. I like to say, let it wash over you. <laughs> like, just let it, <laughs> like, here it is. Kind of let it wash over you. Yeah. And actually, um, it, it comes down to suffering too, which I mean, like, what a downer. But like, you can, <laughs> wah, we, can wah. we can suffer well, right? Like, and people, I think, are so resistant to feel negative emotions. I mean, all we want to do is just stuff them down. We want to ignore well, there's, them. We, there's a big culture of toxic positivity and it's just bullshit. You're one that <laughs> I was raised in a household of toxic really? positivity. Yeah. yeah. No, you have to show up fully and you just have to meet people with where yeah. they are. And at the end of the day, I mean, you can't, the more you resist it, the more it's going to present itself. So I want to work through this with you because this idea, this because this is something that I've had to work through um, being raised in a household that's, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, gosh, I I love my family. I love my family. Like that, that's, but I need to like lay that baseline and love my family. <laughs> but, you know, like we all get raised in situations that are like, oh my, wow, okay, this, I didn't learn, for example, me personally, mm-hmm. I didn't learn coping mechanisms in the way that I should have because everything was, oh, well, it's okay. It's okay. Mm-hmm. You're fine. You're going to be fine. Just go on. It's going to be great. You know, 
Um, so I, I want to work through this specifically. If we choose not to be toxically positive, if mm-hmm. we choose, I'm going to accept this that's happening to me. I see this emotion. I don't mm-hmm. love it, mm-hmm. but I'm going to I'm going to feel it. I'm going mm-hmm. to allow this to happen. I'm going to sit with Except it. I'm not going to judge win. it. Mm-hmm. I'm going to let it flow through me. Right. And then I'm going to find a healthy outlet to release it. Okay, so that was the next part I was going to ask. Mm-hmm. After we feel that, mm-hmm. how then do we still keep our eyes on the North Star or our eyes on mm-hmm. intention or our eyes on what it is that we're manifesting in that moment. Yes, I can I can feel this negativity, I think but I can under, still I move think forward. You have to I it's important for me at least to be curious with what's going on and understanding the terminology around it as well. So for instance, emotions versus feelings. So emotions are physically downloaded through your body. They're sensations felt. They are immediate. They're not um, intellectual. Our feelings are our intellectual interpretation of our emotions. And some of those aren't real. Mm -hmm. And so you have to really understand what's real for you. What's a false narrative that you've been routinely sharing. Stored in your your, body, right? Like all of that stored. So some of it's just the program that's running. And it's also being gentle and allowing, you may not fully release it. It may reappear next week or next month. And it's again, going through the same system of letting yourself experience it, not judging it and releasing it and focusing on what is real in that moment. Because when you're living in that mental intellectual space, you're out of your body, you're no longer in your heart space. And you're missing the very gift that's right in front of you. I've been which in, is the moment. Which is right? which is the moment. The moment. The moment. And I think yeah. when you're fully tethered to your moment, you are aligned. You are hopefully present enough to be making choices from that space and not your past yeah. and not having the anxiety of what's in, in the future or an agenda. That's ego. It's connecting in your most – it's connecting to humanity yeah. in the moment. I mean, that's where – I think the gift is. Yeah. I also go back to how do I want to show up today? Who do I want to be be today? Yeah. And I have a clear sense of who that is. I want to be kind. I want to be gentle. I want to listen to the human standing in front of me or next to me. I want to fully explore my creative gifts. And anything deviating from that is not on my path. Yeah. Anything that's taking me out of my peace or nourishment or ease is not meant for me. Yeah. The things that feel like love and peace and kindness and humanity and nourishment and connection yeah. and community, those are the things that are meant for me. So I also have to have a discerning lens as well. Right. Which I love I love for you, mm-hmm. for you sitting in front of me. Not this is not for everybody. For you, yeah. I love that you've been able to really just hone your space and be yeah. alone to find that. But it took me living. It took me living thirty-two years, thirty-two years unaligned. I never felt comfortable in my own body when I was in the corporate world. I felt like a round peg trying to squint into fit into a square hole, and I felt like I was constantly trying to prove myself, and nobody could see me. Yeah, and because they were struggling doing the same thing, they couldn't see you because they couldn't see themselves, and well, and other things. (laughs) 
that's a whole another podcast. But it just was not in alignment for me. And it took me hitting my bottom. Cancer. To rebuild a more beautiful, nourished life that reflected the life that I wanted to live. Create yeah. the life that you want to live. And it I know that sounds big and ambiguous, but it, it takes I don't think it does. It's small baby steps forward yeah. in the in the vision. It's believing in a vision so much greater than yourself yeah. that your day-to-day may not be reflect reflecting. Yet. Yeah. For me, that's been a journey of my heart is speaking this, follow this. Was mm-hmm. it a heart-centered mm-hmm. intentionality for you? Yes. Or did you feel it somewhere else in your body? No, it was it was heart-centered and I would be able to visualize it. I'm a big believer in visualization. Mm-hmm. I was a high-level international gymnast growing up and I had a freak accident. Um, I was doing a roundoff back handspring double back and I, instead of doing the double back, I shot straight up and landed on my neck. Oh, and ouch. It knocked me out. And my mother is was such a strong advocate for me. I went to one of the top sports psychiatrists, psychologists in the country and um, did visualization practices with them to get over the fear of going backwards. And Mm. that was I was like 12 then. And it taught me how to visualize where I want to be going in life mm-hmm. and, and to the create, power of our mind right? and to create the discipline around me to really change the way I want to live. And when I had cancer, I went back to that point as a gymnast to when I was in the dark room, visualizing my routines yeah. and rather than the routine, it was my life and how I wanted to recreate it. Yeah. I, I feel this so strongly because mm-hmm. just a couple months ago when I was in the hospital laying there, you mm-hmm. know, having all of these uh, stomach issues happening, which I have a podcast about. If this is the first time you're hearing about it, go back a couple episodes. You'll hear about my entire hospitalization. Um, I would lay there and do visualization. I would do guided visualization mm-hmm. specifically for, you know, this region uh, where I was having issues in my stomach. And so there were open eight inch long tracks in my stomach that needed to heal. So what did I visualize? I visualized light Mm -hmm. just pouring into those spaces. And then I saw myself Mm -hmm. running. I saw myself happy. I saw myself physically active and using these core muscles that had been just assassinated, you know? Yeah. And so it's it's that same way of like healing yourself through seeing it. And- Everybody has their own language attached to their rituals. I interchange visualization and meditation together. I believe mindset fully matters. Um, I also believe in Western medicine. Well, your husband's a doctor. I mean, there's there's something with that. Healing. And he diagnosed you essentially with your cancer. He did. I believe in, we also didn't meet that way. Clarification for anybody watching and doesn't know our story. They're like, did you, were, that was, were you his patient? No, we met at a bar. Um, <laughs> let's be clear. Let's be very clear. No, but visualization, meditation, um, it is so pivotal for you to reclaim the control over how you want to show up in your life and how you see your life and not let society or social media or your friend group dictate that for yeah. you. You have to be the captain of your own ship. Mm-hmm. And the way to do it is through a strong meditation practice, yeah. visualization practice, even with the most simple questions before you wake up. How do I want to show up for myself yeah. today? Period. How how do I want to feel today? Right. How do I, what would make me proud today of myself? Like 
what's one thing that I can do where I can create more stillness and peace in my day? How can I exercise my creative gifts today? How can I listen to myself more today? It's those questions and being curious and rooting yourself in, in who you are, unattached to all this other stuff that just creates yeah. more noise. I just... I just love listening to you because <laughs> honestly, it's like, I feel like I'm listening to a mirror because the things that you're saying are, I mean, these are things I record solo episodes on, mm -hmm. like, um, you know, in the, in the industry that I've worked in now for 16 years mm -hmm. as a journalist, questions are everything. Mm -hmm. And so what is my self-talk? My, mine, Lauren Lowry, self-talk yeah. is questions. Yeah. And, and oftentimes it's not even about the answer. Mm -hmm. It's being willing to ask the question, mm -hmm. you know, I love that. Who do I want to be today? How do I want to show up today? I find myself asking that question all the time. And it comes back to the rings that I put on. I say, oh, I do want this energy and this energy. And some days mm -hmm. I only just wear one. I'm mm -hmm. like, no, I'm going to lean into this today. This is the, it's not even that this is the person I'm going to be, but it's when I look down at my hands, I go, yeah, this is the energy that I'm claiming today. Yeah that's going to help me through the day because this is what I need or this is what the people I'm going to be with. They need this side of, they need this part of me yeah. as a gift, right? Like it's as a service. Same. same, same. There's intentionality with the things that we do. And I think the more mindful we are, the more tethered we are, the more supported we are in exploring that curiosity. Yeah. Yeah, I knew my, sh hold on, my shirt's undone. I knew it. Did you know my- It's not that type of podcast. I know. Did Lauren. you know my shirt was open? <laughs> no, it just, it just said hi. You weren't staring at my <laughs> no, boobs? No, I wasn't. <laughs> mm -mm. Isn't that funny? It just popped up. He was like, we are open to receiving. <laughs> my heart space, want to do a Care yeah. Bear stare. Oh, I'm man. like, we're not starting our OnlyFans channel just yet. <laughs> <laughs> My husband said to me, he's like, you know, if this Amstigator thing doesn't work out, you can change the name to Titstigator and you can make it yeah. your OnlyFans page. Yeah. That could be your OnlyFans page Or it could be like a foot finder situation, <laughs> you know? Fuck it. <laughs> um, I want to ask you about um, masculine, feminine in this very sacred way. Uh -huh. At what point did you have a realization or an understanding that maybe you hadn't ever embraced feminine up to that point and then you know moving forward like I want to know the turn like a turning point was there. it really was when I was 32 when I was exploring my creative side it was when I say it was reconnecting me to parts that I thought were forever lost or parts of myself that I didn't know it was softening a side of me mm. it was training the feeling of releasing control and surrendering mm, surrender is such a good word to receive and to sit back and i am in my as a generator as well back to human design i am in my most powerful self when i just allow things to happen and unfold organically and i attract what is aligned for me i am not chasing things outside myself yeah. i'm not going outside of my um my integrity to make to force something to happen and i am very quick to listen to any of that resistance so my feminine side is very similar i'm sitting back almost and i'm pouring it's not that i'm not doing anything i'm pouring into my creativity mm -hmm. i'm pouring into the things that i have to nourish yeah. it's a little bit more of a slow living process it's mindfulness um but also there's a dichotomy here 
where I have to be in my masculine. I'm a businesswoman. I'm running a business. With employees. You know, and I, it's a juggle. Sometimes Mm -hmm. the masculine wins one day and sometimes the feminine wins the other. Or I schedule. I'm in a creative incubation period right now because I'm working on a, my second um, project. And I haven't announced anything yet, but I am scheduling time for my feminine to show up to create space for that side so I can really call in the gifts that I want to share with the world. Yeah. The feminine brings things into form, right? Like, which is interesting when you think of it that way, because oftentimes when you're in your feminine, you are receiving when you're in your masculine, you are pushing and making it happen receiving I am receiving right and sometimes I don't know what will show up that day I was really in my feminine when I was writing my first book and being in my receiving mode allowed me to write a project that was I didn't know it at the time that was so specific to the time in history it was released it was deeply impactful it was deeply continues to be it's an evergreen project it will continue to be but it I wrote a book about creativity building bridges and humanizing our difference differences mm-hmm. in a time in history where there was so much unrest and division. Yeah. And I didn't know that at the time. And that was a story that had been brewing deeply inside me for years and years and years growing up, all of it. But sitting in my res- my feminine, I was able to receive it mm-hmm. and listen. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I think about the feminine as what you're going to birth and mm. all the things that happen yeah. inside, yeah. right? Like if you're growing a baby, yeah. it's it's gestation, right? Yeah. So like what's actually growing. And then the, the masculine so does funny. push, right? It does yeah. push, but it can't birth. Masculine it can't birth. Can't birth. One of, I was just in New York with a girlfriend who was helping moderate an event. And she was like, my agent's always like, if you're, give it, if you're pregnant, I want to work with you because you're your most powerful <laughs> self. Like all of your projects around your pregnancy are yeah. amplified. She's yeah. like, pregnancy is good for business. I was like, do you, do you know who actually says, Psychic Frank actually says that a woman, any woman uh-huh. is most powerful in the two specific times. Um, well, two, well, it's not just too singular, but like <laughs> he says when a woman is on your, when a woman is on her cycle, yeah. like actually menstruating or. Really? Or. But then why do we feel so drained? <laughs> well, because I think it's the calling to go back inside yeah, come back to Can yourself. Can I tell you something? Yeah. While I forget, like we're doing a podcast. However, wonderful, <laughs> wonderful. Um, I'm in full cadence with the moon right now with my That's, cycle. Th- I'm so glad. I want to be like because you know when the moon does comes that mean full, I'm a powerful witch? <laughs> Yes, actually, it means you're in alignment. Like that's actually what we're supposed to do because the moon cycle is 27.93, 28 days. Sometimes it's 29, uh, right? uh. Yeah. And that's what a typical female cycle is, right? So as the moon gets fuller, 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 and that what does the moon do to water in the in the earth? It brings water up to the surface. Yeah. Same thing with our feminine bodies. It brings every liquid up to the surface. Is my first day. That how long has that been? Like months. Good. Yeah. Probably like six months. I'm you need a- to step more into that. Like, yeah, I know. So here, here's more <laughs> of this that I want to tell you that, like, I'm going to pass on psychic rank wisdom. Because <laughs> okay. I, when he told me this, I was, I was at a really, it was funny. It was actually my season two. He had come in for a day, um, you know, because he was going to do another episode with me, and I was just almost like, I was uh, re- like releasing to him and almost in tears. I was like, I something is. 
something's not right. Like I had a guest that kind of set me off. <laughs> Triggered. <laughs> Triggered me. And but then how, it felt like, yeah. well, hold on, hold on I'm going yeah, to get to it. I'm like. <laughs> yeah, you're like, I'm, 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 I need to know. Um, and I was like, he, this person just sort of like left a, like the energy wasn't right and yeah. left a pallor on my operation and I can't seem to shake it. And I'm like, Frank, I just don't know what to do. And he just stopped and he said, are you on your cycle? And I was like, yes. Yeah. <laughs> and he said, here's what women don't understand. He said a woman, uh, well, and then he asked me specifically, were you on your cycle the day this person was there? I said, yes. And that was the day I started. And he said, women don't understand, but the most powerful you are is when you are menstruating mm -hmm. and it's a threat to a man. Now you know it was a man. Well, no, no. <laughs> but but we, so he was saying that like that man could feel it. So like you weren't even trying. I want to expand like, on that. Lion, right? When you're living in your light, when you are living in your light, and you are just showing up in your most human form, not ego. When you're living in your light, you are service driven, and you are powerful, and you are fully in your creative gifts. It exposes other people's shadows. Yeah. Oh, it's a trigger for sure. A hundred percent. And that is not your responsibility to take on. It is your responsibility to be kind, to yeah. meet them with where they are, and then protect your energy. Yeah. Yeah. Protect that was, your peace. It was a good lesson for Move me on. that that day that I I remember thinking, I'm not, I'm not yeah. challenging this person. Are, I'm not trying to affront. No. I mean, there's nothing here. No. But this person was they were yes. just oh my gosh, it was just it was interesting. And they even were projecting. Other, even other or women mirrors. in the room, other women in the room told me too after that. I was like, did you feel that? Yes. And one of my Palpable. girlfriends, yeah, one of my girlfriends <laughs> goes, um, dear, dear friend who works with me on this podcast. She said, oh yeah, he didn't. She's like, you asked a specific question. And she's like, I thought to myself, he ain't going like that. <laughs> he not going like that. Lauren's pushing. <laughs> but here I am. I'm five, two. Yeah. Right. Like I'm not a large person in yeah. stature. But like to it your goes, point, like it's if a, you're living in your light, it exposes other people's shadows. What what am I and that's pushing their out lesson. in the world? That's right? their lesson. I'm a big believer in leave the door cracked, but protect your peace, protect your energy, and have healthy boundaries. I love that. Leave mm -hmm. the door cracked. That's nice. Yeah. So people can. I say that actually with my children when my children go I'm freaking a wall. Big believer in communication. If they're, I also like giving it space, room to breathe. But there's always room to come back and have a conversation if you can show up and be kind, yeah. be intentional. Yeah, I love that. But I will shut that door, too, for a while. <laughs> like, we are done. Yeah, yeah, because you realize you have to protect yourself. Yeah. I know, a, a, I won't call it a struggle, but a thing, a dance maybe that mm -hmm. I have to do is because I work in a newsroom for so many hours a day, I'm around so many people. So many personalities. And so it's this da this dance of How like, do you protect yourself? That That's the dance, is yeah. I have to spend a lot of time in silence. Yeah. I have to put my headphone, my Do you recharge in? in silence? Oh, yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah. I, I know some people who really recharge and get energy off of those around them, and I personally re-energize when I'm alone. Yeah. I always knew <laughs> I'm like that I like being alone. A hermit. Like a, you know. A hermit. <laughs> but look at, the, look at what beauty you're creating in that. And I feel like, especially when people are deeply intuitive or empathetic, mm -hmm. or um, you have to protect yourself because you feel, I feel people so deeply and distinctly that I 
I realized that the only way I can shed that is mm-hmm. by coming back to myself in silence, which mm-hmm. is hard when you work in a place and you have children and then, you know, coming back to yourself. When do I do that? I, yeah. I find that's why the mindfulness comes back yeah. for me. Like it's being so important because any moment like meditation doesn't have to be sitting on a pillow with your legs crossed, no. staring out a window. That's not I, I'm, that's not how I meditate. I even like there's a theory around even a precursor to meditation. It's when you can find five minutes by yourself. You could be sitting in a quiet space and you just focus on one thing in the room. Just focus on one thing in the room and let that be an introduction to your thoughts, to not judge them, but yeah. just to like really get your mind and start prepping it again and reclaiming control over it again because we are so tethered to our yeah. screens. I feel like and we've got to do the digital detox, right? Because mm-hmm. the screen no, is I such a big yeah, thing. I know. Maybe you stay tuned for my second book. Oh. <laughs> I, I do want to ask you about this because I feel like this does bring some of the themes back together of what we've talked about. Yeah. Um, we've been all over the place. <laughs> <laughs> but but have we? Have no. we, though? I don't no. think we have. I love. I So you called me up, and you're like, we don't really prep. I'm like, those are my favorite. <laughs> I'm like, yeah. I've been looking forward to this so much because we, we get in the, I don't know, I just think that we get in the habit of prepping too much, and you lose the nature, the yeah. organic, the, the soul of the conversation. Right. And you do it so beautifully. Thank you. I had to yeah. learn. That was a learned skill. I learned that. I'll never forget the teacher in college who taught me how to do that. The first time I sat down. That takes experience, though. Yeah. Do you does. remember your first, like your first anchoring job, your first podcast? Of I'm sure you were so nervous. You prepped. <laughs> I, wa- I mean, gosh, my anchoring, that took me years to, I mean, yeah. I, I'm, if mastery is 10,000 hours, uh, I'm past 17,000 right. hours of anchoring, yeah. like sitting in front of camera, reading a teleprompter, uh, speaking ad lib, wall to wall, breaking news coverage. Like I am 70% past mastery. So yeah. that stuff's like an old hat. Yeah. Um, to me, interviewing has always been a conversation. These are the, these are the types of stories I like to do and the types yeah. of conversations I like to have, the kind that require me to be fully in the moment. You know, so like I'm a yogi, you are my drishti, like you are yeah. what I have to focus on right yeah. now. And nothing else matters. Like I don't I don't care if someone's called or texted. I have no idea, yeah. you know. There have been I, really nourishing themes today for Good. sure. Yeah. So let me let me get back to what I wanted <laughs> to ask you because this this does come back around for me. I in addition to seeing you as an evolved soul, way more evolved than like I would say 99% of people I know. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, like you're super no, evolved. And I we're going to look just, at your astrology chart, oh my and I'm going to show you more why. Oh, my goodness. At one day. One day we'll I'm, like, though, a savage. Like, just the other day, I was screaming at somebody to quit. <laughs> like, <laughs> you know, I'm, like, literally, the I may end up on the news right now with what's going on next to our house. I uh, also purchased a decibel meter because... <laughs> I'm like, you're like, you are so evolved. Like I'm like, man. I am kind of a savage right now, but thank you. I really try to hold myself accountable, though, and I have awareness. So. You really do. You really do. Okay, okay. So I'm really going to get to the set of this question, I swear. Um, you are evolved, my friend. You are. We all have our moments. We're human, right? Like, this is part of being in the form. Um, but you don't love living in the past. So here, mm-hmm. here's where uh, I'm just really intrigued by this. Yeah. You 
have an artistry, anybody who writes a book or just really taps into creative energy all the time, mm -hmm. you are an artist. Right. You are an artist. Yeah. So you as an artist create this work, mm -hmm. The New Southern, beautiful, best-selling, amazing book that's not just like aesthetically beautiful, but also very thoughtful and thought-provoking. Thank you. You create this project. Mm -hmm. I mean, you created it years ago, but then it came out two years, right? Because mm -hmm. the process is a while. It yeah. takes a while. Yes. And here you are in present day still talking about speaking on, presenting on this project mm -hmm. that was a past creative work. Yeah. So how does a creative, an artist, continue to push forward, but allow themselves to tap what is a past creation all the time? It just depends on the community in which I'm speaking. Um, I just got back from New York and it was a lot of business owners and it was more of an entrepreneurial week. And so I want to use those resources in terms of how I got published for anyone in the community who has, has those same aspirations. And the project is also community-based. I founded the New Southern, which is a movement grounded in community and creative prosperity, showing that our creative tools, such as a camera, a chef's knife, a poet's pen, all reveal that we are far more alike than different. That is a universal theme that will never die. And it is a key to community. And so that still makes me feel very passionate and alive inside mm -hmm. to discuss, especially as we are still tackling some of those yeah. conversations. Well, because the work must have been so true for you then and the truth Fully. doesn't fail. It, the truth will never go away there. When you are doing a project that is not a vanity project and you are making it service driven yeah. for a higher good, there are universal truths that will never yeah. conclude. I love that because, you know, it feels like when I listen to that, I think I never, when I think of you, I never think that vanity or success, that was never the North Star. None of no. it has it. And and I just no. feel like we can never find true success. It unless literally was a story, Lauren, that I couldn't silence anymore. It became so loud within me that I really wanted to put it out and open it up to a community that also ex was experiencing something very similar. And I wanted to bring substance into a industry that only celebrated style mm. and, and well and aesthetic and aesthetic surface yeah. and I wanted to go deeper I wanted to pull the cover back and really shed those layers to see what was underneath that and it was mm. curiosity creativity life pivots why because yeah. we all have them they are hard they are really tough transitional seasons that right no one is immune to right and I wanted to show an expansive blueprint and conversation to hold somebody else's hand that was going through that. And that will never. Yeah. Because that's who you are. Yeah. Right? Like you're not, you're, yeah. you're a fellow person who hates surface. Which, <laughs> I am. Uh, and probably book, why I love you. <laughs> the book represents too creative courage. And there are so many women out there wanting permission mm. to give that to themselves. And they don't know how. And I wanted these conversations and to be expanders for them to start carving out five minutes a day to start pursuing it for and themselves, for their daughters. I love that you use the word expanders. 
-hmm. From the point that I wanted to create this podcast, I said, I want to create a podcast of expanders. I want to bring people on, women on, who can show other women what life can be. You know, we get so stuck and we get stuck in the story. We forget. It's almost. I don't want to get stuck in the story. The story can also prevent growth. You need to learn from the story. Take that as a resource and propel yourself forward in who else you are birthing into. Mm -hmm. So important. It is a dance. Alyssa, thank you for being here. (laughs) Thank you. This was so wonderful. I love this idea from Alyssa about pulling the cover back. And if you listen to this podcast often enough, you likely also love exploring the depths of a person's journey. That's what these episodes are all about. Listening to a person share something so deep and meaningful that you feel something and that you're able to learn their lesson as they share it. I encourage you, pick up Alyssa's book, The New Southern Style. It's so gorgeous. It makes me want to curl up with my hot tea and just sort of like sit there and flip pages as I stare out into nature. While you're doing that, go to amstigator.com. Sign up for emails from me. I send out one email a week. It's always about the latest episode. Oftentimes, I share extra nuggets about the person you're about to meet, and sometimes even special worksheets and extra printouts to help you work through some of those issues and questions that we pose in an episode. I'd love to have you as part of my AMP family, so just sign up there. Again, amstigator.com. And coming up next week on Amstigator, Dr. Paquita Pullen is a therapist. She is one of only... 4% of therapists in this country who identify as African-American. Did you realize that? Because I did not. 91% of American therapists are white. So Dr. P's episode's a hybrid of her personal story, but it also mixes in therapy too. And in a way, I feel like that's what all my episodes do, right? They are kind of like this mix of part therapy, part laugh fest, sometimes tears. So it's another one to look forward to next Tuesday. As you go through this week, I encourage you, Shine your light, lead with your heart, and live life purposefully. I'm Lauren Lowry, and this is Amstigator. <laughs>